We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Lightyear's podcast. We are back with a special. Spe- All we're doing is bringing on special guests now, uh, Sam. We've got KJ, Kevin Jones, founder, CEO, executive. What, what are the fucking names to do? Do we give out direct chief director? I'm, I'm just making shit up. What's Dick, up, man? How's Dick, it going? Dictator. Um, <laughs> uh, My brothers. No, no. Great <laughs> to be with you. It's somber note to be here tonight, but yeah. I think we'll have a good discussion that uh, people will enjoy. So we're um, we're recording this 6 p.m. on Sunday. Obviously, the largest story in America and well, in international sports, really. Yeah. Uh, did you guys yeah. see Neymar and others paying respects? Um, Kobe Bryant died a, a, in a helicopter crash, and and also his daughter and seven other people. Um, just very tragic and i feel like it's only fitting since he owned the warriors and thus owned the uh the light years podcast we have to we have to pay our respects on this episode i yeah, think well, it's yeah go andy but um it's i think everyone's so sensitive right now it's just it's so tragic and so unexpected and just like so jarring um but you know, Kobe was just such a huge figure beyond basketball too. Um, it, it, it's hard. This is a hard thing to talk yeah. about for everyone. Like this is one of the most jarring deaths that anyone can remember um, because he had such an impact on people. I, uh, I remember uh, just growing up, my, my dad didn't, uh, he, he came here from Hong Kong. He, uh, 
I remember this is what I thought about when uh when I when I heard the news because literally he like didn't like ba- well he liked basketball but he always thought like NBA basketball was not like fun to watch he literally only liked one player <laughs> it was it was shocking it's Kobe right he just kind of liked the way that that like work ethic you know all that type of stuff that is super kind of Asian <laughs> he just loved he just brought up Kobe literally every conversation um nonstop that was the only guy he liked. Uh, I don't even, I, I think sometimes I'm like, do you just move here to the United States? So just so you can, so you can, you know, watch Kobe <laughs> all day long. It was, it was crazy though. As um, I'll say the same with my dad. Obviously I was a bigger hoops fan than him. Uh, I think Andy and I, mm-hmm. one of the reasons you and I bond was we're, we're both, uh, you know, children of first generation immigrants and like we were more about basketball than our parents. And that kind of became a thing that like father and son got along well with. Um, and yeah, my dad generally was not a huge basketball fan except for Kobe Bryant. And then I uh, inevitably got him to like the Warriors. Um, I just, it's really surreal to me, just watching the reaction to him is a reminder of how it's not just that he's a hall of fame player. It's not just that he won five titles. It's he might His cultural impact. Yeah. Cultural impact is insane. Yep. And it's one of those things where you knew that existed, but you don't really understand it until you're faced with a moment like this. Yeah, it's 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 like a kick to the to the gut, and like us three are people who rooted against him. We're, All the time. I, even as an East Coast Warriors fan, when you know I was rooting for the 76ers in '08, I was rooting for the Celtics. I grew up like not being a Kobe hater, but always kind of rooting for the other team. And obviously you guys despise the Lakers too. And like, it's, it doesn't matter, you know, like, um, and and we all have tweets, like probably dissing Kobe too, but it's like, (laughs) this dude was actually unbelievable. Yeah. And this moment really puts it into perspective. So sadly, you got the entire Bay area. Like all my friends were texting me some like big hoop fans like us. And then some not really, um, and they just all texted me kind of just super depressed, like, and how much that meant to them. It's, it's, it's not just, it's not just people who like sports, right? Like you're saying culturally, it's, it's really everybody that just liked the way Kobe was kind of as a person and what he did, what he like stood for a lot of his, uh, a lot of his commercials and stuff like that. We think like, or the NBA Twitter would think this like kind of corny kind of like, but you know, people outside of, outside of like really hard you know who fans that were kind of roasted him near the end of his career. They did. They loved all that stuff. That Kobe system commercial. People, the one with Kanye. If you guys remember, yeah, I want to. I want to get crazy. into this more because, like, the thing. Kobe had a rare uh, intellect for for a pro athlete to be like generally just that well spoken and that engaging on like so many different subjects and kind of have that level of self awareness and. I don't know. He's just one of the more interesting people you run into. But I just kind of want to say one thing I was thinking about, which is, you know, I'm 35. I hated Kobe my whole childhood. Like, um, (laughs) there's no other way around it. Like, in the early OOs, I was convinced the only reason he was good was because of the Lakers and like Larry Hughes is as good as him. Jason Richardson's (laughs) as good as him. And that's all like typical stuff you think when you're 16, right? Um, and he, and it didn't help that he would destroy the Warriors every time they played. As I got older, I grew to respect and 
really revere what he stood for. You know, like you see someone do what he did for 15 plus years. Um, and, and I started, I honestly do think it was inspirational over time. I know Andy and I have kind of made this year. We, we love to do the love of the game, love of the fame stuff. And I would say like, honestly, like 99% of it is born of nostalgia of players like Kobe Bryant, who, you can say a lot of things about Kobe, but like Kobe wasn't concerned about his aesthetic on Instagram. It was always about like hard work, winning a title. And like, you know, we, we kind of do it a little sarcastically, but it's born in kind of a level of respect I have for the way he went about his business and the way that just everything he stood for. And it's kind of, I mean, to take it to Warrior fans, it's probably why Warrior fans adore Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Uh, because it's that singularity of being just obsessed with winning over anything else. It's not about the BS of trying to get your teammate traded. It's not about the BS of your business empire. It's just about, it's pure. Yeah. Um, and he did it for 20 years with the same team. He he could have forced his way out of there. Um, you know, quickest to get 30,000 points on the court. And like, how many people did he inspire? Truly, that wanted That's to be big, him. Yep. Yeah, like you're right about Steph and others. Just like, and even like JJ Watt and other people in other sports. And like I, I wrote on Twitter, even entrepreneurs and writers yep. and other people. So it's like, yep, it's it's beyond sports with Kobe. That's the you'll you'll never see or well, MJ right, but like in this generation, there's really not. It's everybody has a Kobe story. That's kind of me. Me and Sam kind of joke about it too. KJ, it's like every single player has a Kobe story. And we were like, when it first happened, I think Sam pointed out a few years ago, we would like kind of, it'd be kind of funny. You're like, Oh, like Draymond green's having a good season. All of a sudden he's like, yeah, I mean, Kobe said this thing to me and you know, I was, it, it kind of got me motivated, stuff like that. Right. It's just every single player. And then at a certain point you're like, damn, that's just, that's just who Kobe is. He literally, people look up to him. Um, players that are elite. Steph Curry is is a legend. LeBron James, guys that are great that look up to Kobe Bryant. That's when you're like, like that's 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 kind of what he was going to do for the next you know kind of couple you know however long you know a couple decades as well was he was going to push all of this even further. Um, I, I respected and all that. that. No, like he didn't jump on TV. Like mm-hmm. he just didn't. He didn't need to, and he made his own special thing with ESPN Plus, and like wanted to do it his way, his production, like. Sam's so right. The way he went about his business, he did it his way. It was a little confident and it rubs certain people the wrong way. And of course, <laughs> if he played in LA, then people in the Bay are just not going to like him. You know, that's geography. Um, but, <laughs> you know, overall, this dude, it, this is just such a shock and such a kick to the to the gut. It's, it's going to overshadow the Super Bowl a little bit this week, and it should because it's like he made a bigger impact in the game. Yeah, in, in some ways, it's like, I mean, I know Laker fans don't look at Warrior fans as their rival um, because there's not the history of it, but it's like it's like a Red Sox fan just paying tribute to Derek Jeter in some ways. It's like some guys are just so good you don't care that you're rival. They're your rival. You just you pay your respects over time. Um, and actually, totally. to your work work ethic point, um, Jay Williams talking about Kobe's insane work ethic. You know, look, I always try to outwork people, right? That's just how I made my mark. So the game was at seven. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna come to the Staples Center because we're playing. This one, the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq. Okay, this is this is like the championship Lakers. 
So you know I'm gonna get there at three o'clock and I wanna make sure I make 400 made shots before I go back into the room and then I sit in the sauna and I get ready for the game. Who do I see? I see Kobe Bryant already working out. So once I set my foot across that line, I started working out. And so I worked out for a good hour, hour and a half. And when I came off, after I was done, I sat down and of course I still heard the ball bounce. I look down, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's still working out? He was working out, like, it looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got here. And he's still going. And it's not like his moves are nonchalant or <laughs> lazy. He's doing like game moves, you know? Um, I sit there and I unlace my shoes. I'm like, I want to see how long this goes. Let's get out there and watch. Another 25 minutes. And he got done. He said, okay, I think I've seen enough. Go play, you know, come back, get in the sauna, get ready for the game. That game, he drops 40 on us, okay? And after the game is over, I'm like, I, I have to ask this guy. Like, I, I have to understand, like, why why he, he works like that. Right. So after the game is over, I'm like, hey, Cove, like, why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. Wow. You just, you inspire me to be better. Right. And it was the first time I started to see this level of competitiveness where I said, I need to start doing more. It's one of my favorite stories that Kobe sees a guy working out, needs to go in the gym and prove he's the alpha that he'll outwork him. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like we're both, we're all working professionals and it's like those little tidbits of inspiration kind of ring truer to me. Like the more I get into my professional career, understanding how big a grind life is and how easy it is to kind of be like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of check out today at work because it doesn't matter. It's like those little things are the things you need to keep yourself motivated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, being an entrepreneur is really hard. It's not that cool, actually. Like, it's <laughs> it's, it's getting a lot of no's all the time. And Andy and I are on the phone. Like, how do we email people so they're going to respond to us? Like, it's, it's truly like you got to like crawl and or crawl and scratch and like you know learn and and show up to the gym and and sweat harder each time it's it's true it's like a, it's a true mentality he he lived by it um you know ups and downs of his career he started his career on top of a mountain then went mm-hmm. down without Shaq, and then went back up with Pau gasol then got hurt and you know for him to go out with 60 points too in his final game i mean Everything he did was legendary. Literally, every commercial he made, um, it's wild. We, you don't appreciate the greatness kind of when it's happening because there's just so much greatness in the world. Because you're always demanding more because in your mind, it wasn't that great. Someone could have done better. And it's like, right? Yeah. He only won one MVP in 08. Are you serious? Yeah. He's not that good. I mean, come only on. Average, only average 27 points a game. What's that? You know, like Harden's averaging 30. Never won a title, but you know, whatever. Um, this puts everything into perspective, man. It's so crazy. Like, just the hyper analysis world we live in. The Like, everyone's got to be Picasso or better. It's, it's And he, he, he tried to strive to be that. He really did. I think uh, a lot of it, too, is um, a lot of people were trying to make it like a caricature of himself. Kobe was being. Like, I think my favorite memory was was him tearing his Achilles playing against the Warriors, right? Uh, you, know, Achilles. you know what's funny? That's one of the last games I watched of the Warriors where I was in, like, full-on fan conspiratorial <laughs> mode. And, like, what where I was just like, because it was a poorly officiated game, and I was like, they're giving Kobe uh-huh. every call. <laughs> Sam Fitz. But anyway. 
<laughs> no, my Kobe memory is actually the 81 that he did against the Raptors. I was randomly watching that game somehow. Like, I was just, like, so bored. I was like, yeah, I'm going to flip on this game. And Kobe goes off for 81. I mean, the Raptors weren't even trying at all. But it's like, are we ever going to see something like that again? Someone flirt with Will Chamberlain's record? It, you know, now with the three pointer, yeah. But it's like he wasn't shooting all threes then. He was like driving on a lot yeah. of those points. Like he, yeah. this, this was not. He him took um, thirty threes. I looked at the box score because actually last week was the fourteenth. It was the anniversary of it. It was January twenty second, two thousand six, where he scored eighty one, and he did it only taking thirteen threes. And I think I tweeted it out. I'm like. I don't know that anyone's going to get 81 again, but if they do, there's no way in hell they're only taking 13 three-point shots because it was all like fade away, like twos and like driving to the rim. And um, I actually, you know, th- that's funny. I remember where I was. I had a roommate who was a Laker fan, um, born and raised in LA, diehard. And he got a call from his mom to turn on the game in the middle of the third quarter. And so he, he kind of fights for the remote, turns it on, and then all of a sudden it's like Kobe's at fifty-five, Kobe's at sixty, and and I was, and this was at the peak of my like no, you know, f the Lakers period of my life, right? But it was at such a point where I'm like, dude, I I have to watch this, I can't like, and I found myself cheering. It was the first time in my life I ever cheered for a Laker game because I wanted to see if he could get to seventy, if he could get to seventy-five, if he get to eighty, and it's just like, I, it was surreal. It's um, the most exciting thing. I was in the building when Clay did 60 in three quarters, ooh, and yeah. there was nothing like it. I had never been in a basketball game. I was standing up in the press row. It was like inappropriate. I was like, this is, oh my God. You weren't, you weren't the only one, job. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Got Andy yeah, I mean, bumping in the background. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. I, I remember 81. You remember so much. There's going to be a lot of stories and memories that come out over the, the course of the next week. Um, one, one thing I do always remember about Kobe too, kind of overall, I was watching a highlight of him scoring, a uh, 50 or was it 60 in the last game? Uh, he just wanted it so much that you could literally tell that that's the crazy thing. It's, you watch a lot of, you watch a lot of hoops, you watch a lot of football, baseball, and it's like a lot of the times these guys are so freaking good that like you kind of got no emotion. You know, it's kind of like cool when guys don't have emotion. But with Kobe, you can just tell that he wanted to win so bad. And you watch that game and he's kind of like gasping for air and you kind of watch him play and you're like, holy crap. Like if I want it in my life, something this bad at anything in my life, <laughs> like I, I'd probably be a lot better than I am today. Just you watch him and you're like, this guy just really wants to win a championship where he just he really wants to shoot this you know shot, this game winning shot, whatever it is. You don't really see that now from a lot of people. And that's kind of. Because he's Kobe, because there's only one guy, yeah, right? Phil like Jackson. That. Phil Jackson always talked about how he had to rope Kobe back because he wanted it so bad, and like so much of his coaching with him was tied to trying to get Kobe to control his passion and use it, you know, more for the team instead of kind of saying, you know, like none of you guys are working as hard as me. F you. I'm going to go out there and do it all by myself, uh, which is kind of. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys with that mentality. We watch the NBA today. It's load management. It's, um, you know, force a trade. It's all this stuff. And it's kind of antithetical to what, you know, it's opposite to what he did. But think about think about the way he also treated teammates, right? Like he would like I remember when they were terrible and he would call them uh, uh, what soft like Charmin. 
And nowadays in, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, where it's like, oh, well, you can't call people that like, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, at a certain point, you're like, dude, these guys are competing, man. Like if he's going to call you soft, yeah, that, then just don't, you know, like step up, stop being I, a, I actually you know, think like, a friend of the show, Jason Maples had a good tweet. Um, he's, he's a big time Laker fan. Both a lot of our uh-huh. listeners know he is. He said, um, uh, in, in response to when the Lakers were losing last night to the 76ers, he says, you know, AD really needs someone like Kobe to give him a, you know, kick in the butt, kick yeah. in the ass to like take him to that level he's capable of, but doesn't do. And like Dwight Howard might've needed someone more like LeBron, who's going to put his arm around him. But the point stands, there's a lot of value in leadership to the way Kobe did it. Like we all kind of think of leadership as the nice guy thing. Sometimes you need someone who pushes you, it makes you yeah. a little uncomfortable. It's the same thing we love about Draymond Green. Sometimes you need someone who challenges you. Like, Andy, you're not working hard enough. You know, like, it yeah. makes you a little uncomfortable and makes you want to be better. And that's a lot of his lasting legacy. Oh, wait. I think Beijing Olympics, he took over. That game was oh, like, good um, they were about to lose the gold medal. Um, of course, they lost to the Celtics the first time in, in 08. And then he came back in 2010. And, you know, brought him back there. So, I mean, there's just so many earlier in his career. It was just the slasher with Shaq. It was just so fun to watch. I, I hated him, but loved to watch him at the same time. Obviously, as you guys know, that's the best thing for the NBA. You, you get the casual oh, yeah. fans to oh, yeah. to really kind of despise the, the favorite team. And he was, like, and he was never – he was so unapologetic. That was the best part of him. He was cocky, and he backed it up. But you, you like that, you know, it's like you like the guy who, because it, it, it brings a visceral emotion out in you. Warrior fans hated him because he would talk trash and then drop 40 on him. I remember being shocked when him and Shaq broke up. This is a little kid, teenager. I'm like, oh, they're just going to win every title for yeah, the next like 10, 10 years. Why would they ever <laughs> like You've got, and then it's like, oh wait, they're actually there's huge egos in a locker room. I'm too young to comprehend all this, but I was like, wait, why? How how could they ever look at each other in the mirror and be like, we're breaking the best thing up? And they could, you know, that Pistons series. They kind of they added too many veterans, Carl Malone. Like they just added the wrong pieces, but they should have if they stayed together. How different does NBA history look to? Um, KJ, you brought up oh man, I, the Beijing Olympics. One of my another one of my favorites where. That was Kobe, where Dwayne Wade was probably the best player. LeBron was probably the best player. Like, those guys were better than Kobe. But, you know, against Spain, it wasn't a blowout. And it was close in the fourth quarter. And you can kind of see, like, you got a team full of alphas. And you're like, well, shoot, who's going to kind of take over here? Who's the, who's, the, who's the alpha of the alphas? Of the alpha. It's, it's like uh, it's like you kind of see these, like, CLT or Marines where it's like they're, they're, they're all elite. But then there's also, like, the elite of the elite of the Marines, like, stuff like that. And, and in this case, it's like... I mean, Kobe, he took over, right? And you're like, damn, like that's the alpha of the alphas. That's like the guy that even yeah, the great ones turn to. There's some interesting uh, pieces that are maybe online or maybe have been scrubbed from the internet from around 2008, but I remember them very clearly um, kind of pointing to, I mean, because you forget LeBron was 23, Melo was 23, Wade was 25 right. or 26. Talent's not a question, but they still had that kind of, Right. young cockiness to them. And Kobe was the one that the coaches really leaned on to make them more serious. 
And there, there was a big thing about how they weren't sure if they wanted LeBron on the team because they thought he'd over dominate and they wanted it to be, you know, kind of more serious. And it was Kobe who just kind of dominated the whole space and made it more serious because this is a U.S. team that had been off a couple terrible tournaments. And it just, they looked like an all-star team playing against international teams who had 10 years of chemistry together. They needed to come together and not just rely on the fact that they had, you know, four of the five best players on the floor at all times. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't believe we're talking about this. It's just like, this shouldn't have ended this way. It's, it's such a tragedy. Um, do we have kind of uh, our our favorite Kobe moments against the Warriors? Did you guys want to do that really quickly? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I want to go and let's talk about the Achilles game uh, because yeah. yeah, I feel like most of the Kobe games from the OOS, the ones I remember, are the ones where, where he had a bad game because it made me feel better as a Warrior fan. Like the Warriors would win twenty five games, but they they had a good game against Kobe once in the season, you know, Maybe, but, but like uh, the Achilles game um, just because it, it was the last game we ever saw Kobe, you know, like he can't post Achilles wasn't Kobe. That was like the MJ no. wizards years. Um, and I remember going into that Kobe had been on an absurd streak for two months because the Lakers started awful. They were, out of the playoffs. Everyone thought they weren't going to make the playoffs. And he did the quintessential superstar thing where he's like, all right, enough of this screwing around. We're like 15 and 25. I'm just going to take over this and carry us to the playoffs. And he did. And in that game, he was in, because that was the Warriors' first playoff year. They hadn't made the playoffs yet, but they they qualified for it. That would have been, that's the year that they you know beat Denver. And it was the first year Steph and Clay and all of them had a playoff run. And I just remember in that game being um, Kobe had the the veteran, I've been here and playing with the finals intensity that the young warrior players, the talent was there, but they just hadn't faced something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and that was also, because I, I, I made this point earlier where it's like, it's almost like out of a movie where the guy, I mean, the guy tears his Achilles, then he like pushes it and he's like, I think he knows that he tore it, gets back up, shoots the free throws, right? It's like Clay Thompson with the ACL where, you know, a lot of the times people. Clay said that inspired him to shoot it. Another Kobe story, right? It's like, it's just, it's, it's, that's who he is. I think a lot of people do things now where it's like with social media, they just do stuff just because it'll get them a hundred retweets. Do it for the gram. It's really like they do it like the people just it's like stage social media event. People just do fake shit just to try to get like famous or whatever. Like you watch Kobe's from another era, man. Like he does stuff because that, <laughs> like I just wanted it. That it was that bad that, that he wanted it. And there's nobody in sports today that wants it that bad. There really there isn't like there really isn't because I think with Kobe. Um, people ro- like you get roasted today. If you like kind of come out and do kind of the stuff that he does. But back then, uh, just feel just just no it's true it's true no kobe had one advantage guys he didn't have the social media scrutiny in the first major parts of his career and we're not going to talk about his blemishes you know right after his death at all but you know he he kind of was absolved from some of that stuff and some of the you know um scrutiny that players are Mm -hmm. under now so it's a fair point i think that he was under pressure as much as other players but this the social media era has changed 
how players have to comport themselves publicly, how, what they say, everything. So it's, it's a fair point to make. And just tying it back to Clay Thompson. So everyone knows Clay's from LA. His dad works for the Lakers, a broadcaster. He grew up a Laker fan. Um, I'll always remember this because I didn't think Clay would be this good. Andy, you agree with me. Were you big yeah. on Clay? I wanted, when I wanted like him out his, for Kevin Love. Remember, I wanted Kevin Love. So did I. Like the idea yeah. he would ever be a better player than Kevin Love did not commute compute in my mind in 2013, right. right? Kevin Love's averaging 26 and 15 and all these gaudy numbers and Clay is kind of uh, um, you know enigmatic. He'll make he'll score 31 game and score 10 the yeah. next. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't consistent. And he got that big contract, and then he had the big breakout. And before they play the Lakers the first time that year, they asked Kobe, you know, are you surprised by how good Clay is? And he goes, uh, no, because I know how hard he works. I remember I was in the gym one night at 9, 10 p.m., and I thought I was there by myself. And I'm doing weights, and I see someone's in the you know the other side of the gym, and I look over there, and it's it's Clay Thompson just working out by himself, pushing himself as hard as possible. And when I saw that, I I was like, you know what? It may take him a year, it may take him four years, but he's going to be a you know a great player because he has it. And that's kind of my defining thing of of Kobe. It's like we're we're in such an era where we talk about numbers in everything that you sometimes lose perspective that they're humans. And if someone really wants it and has like the requisite amount of talent, like it's worth betting on a guy like that and everything versus just, you know, just kind of looking at the box score per se. I think it rings true that he didn't win a lot of MVPs. He wasn't like the most talented player. I mean, when he first came into the league, of course he could jump out of the gym, but like over time, Later in his career, oh, he wasn't right. the fastest at all. He wasn't the tallest. He was lean, but he he literally yeah proved to people the Mamba mentality. It's a little cliche, but it's it's literally true. No, that's um, that's that's what I'm trying to say, KJ. That's a good. It's like he said. It, all of it sounds a little cliche, right? But you're just like, nah, that's that's Kobe. He really was real. all those things. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't grow up a Warriors fan, but I grew up a Wizards fan, and every time the that's Lakers played. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's a Lakers game. It's actually fun. It's I mean, it's, it's like you're cheering against another competing thing, like in your own crowd. It's like what, what is happening here? But there's so many Kobe stands. Like I, I think of the word stands. He's like got to be a top five player in any sport with the amount of stands they have. And that word is you know. I feel like he was the originator of it. Like we got we got LeBron stands. We got stuff. We got a million stands <laughs> now. But Kobe was the original guy that had like the army of people online who, what did you say about him? Nope. <laughs> and it's like flood you with a thousand things. My best friend is from Virginia and is refused to root for the Wizards because he's like, they're dog shit. I'm rooting for Kobe and rode with Kobe through thick and thin. And like, I think like there's a Kobe, you know, there's an Iverson generation of people who changed kind of like the dynamics of how these leagues market to fans. Now you, you, you obviously market locally, but you don't have to as much anymore because Kobe helped the NBA and all these leagues evolve into, yeah, we can market players over teams. Now Kobe's more valuable to us than the Orlando magic, you know, post Dwight Howard and all that. But using him as an example, it's just like, um, the, the Stan ability that he had and, and even how it changed the leagues is just crazy to look at now. 
Yeah, I mean, kind of the league needs that though. Someone that everyone loves. He's got his own stance. Loves or somebody hates, that everyone brings hates out, brings emotion. Yeah. Out. You know, no one's indifferent on Kobe. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> when he played, you either loved him or you hated him, but you weren't. Who who's someone people are indifferent to? Well, I mean, Mike LeBron Conley. going to LA is now kind of indifferent, right? Sure. That's kind of a big part of it too. Yeah, I mean, that's I kind of problems with the Tom NBA. Brady, to be honest, like I feel like Ooh. I I I. I I kind of love him. I kind of hate him. So maybe I'm, I, I feel like that's a lot of people. They just grow to respect someone over time. Like I used to probably really dislike the Patriots, but after they kept winning, I was like, how can I dislike this? This is just so great that I can't. And isn't that what you want? Ultimately is a fan to have the people who hate your team, hate your favorite player, tip the cap, be like, you know what? I hated you for a decade and a half, but damn, you this were just good. too you great. Were, like, you were good. <laughs> I have you're to slaying every it. dragon that's coming your way. Like you're, you're winning every challenge on the video game here. Like, okay, I get it. This is insane. I think, if War- yeah, I think if, if warrior fan, warrior fans hope is this core makes another run at it and gets that same level of respect from everyone. When inevitably Steph and clay and those guys retire that all the people who talk the trash about them now at the end of it will be like, you know what? They were great. That's that's ultimately what you want. Like we all want to see them win again, but like to go out with not just the admiration of your peers, but the admiration of fans who hated you. Uh, it's it's like a level of accomplishment very few players have. Like how many players from Kobe's era have that? It's like him and Tim Duncan, and that's about it, right? Yeah, I mean even Timmy was tough. Yeah. It makes me think, what is the league going to do to pay tribute to him? Are they going to change the logo from Jerry West to Kobe? It, it feels like that could be in the, a discussion point to honor someone whose life was lost so you know suddenly would, that um, I, I, maybe it's not that, but it, it, it will it should be something like more than a scholarship. It's got to. They've got a um, you know really immersive. I mean, the, the Dallas Mavericks already said that they're retiring the number twenty four, and I think we'll see that for a lot of teams. I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors did it, and obviously, I mean, well, the Lakers already retired his numbers. So, but, um, but other teams, to, to me, I don't get that. Like, I like it's almost like people should celebrate. People kept wearing twenty three for Michael Jordan. Like, I, I to me, that's like um, too. Well, I guess cool, uh, I guess of, like a way to honor someone. You know what I mean? Like. Um, th- it, it, it can go either way, but I, something you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably see um, everyone wearing like a twenty four like patch on the jersey and a couple like whenever the league gets around to it, they're for sure going to do something like that. The the logo change would be oh, oh I, I would goodness. be so, I would be so happy wow. if the logo change to Kobe fading away with three hands. In his wow! <laughs> wow! I mean, is that, that would possible? Be... Is, 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 would that what would people react to? It, it would be hard to react negatively to it. I feel like. No, you can't. Well, yeah. I mean, can you? Right. But it's <laughs> it's also um, that. I mean, I just I, I kind of think of Kobe and it's like you kind of also look at his legacy and you're like, well, I mean, is he a top 10 player of all time? But then you does it matter? You, That's does it, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about like overall, just the way people feel about Kobe. Like, I think the people that love him, that hate him, it's like. It didn't even matter if he's top 10 of what, like people just love him. Like that's just for who he is and what he kind of embodies. Um, and kind of all those stories that we've kind of gone over here. And I'm sure there's like a million more, uh, with, with all the players that are, um, you, you've got like Trey young. How old is that guy? Like 20 years old. And he's out there crying pregame, uh, with a, with a Kobe. I, mean, I was going to say, Kobe made a, 
Kobe made a connection to him for sure. Yeah. I'm sure Kobe motivated when he him. was when he was 17. Kobe probably said, "Keep working on it, kid. You can be great." And that probably meant the world to him because. Yeah. Um. Actually, that's the that's the last point. Um. Before we we get out of here, mm-hmm. I kind of want to hit on which is LeBron's clearly um, the iconic player of this era, and the younger players love Steph. But if you polled the players in the NBA today who their favorite player is, the answer would be Kobe Bryant. It's not even a question. You see, like, Tatum. You see, I mean, it's there's a level of reverence for him, um, whether it's, like, aspirational. And I think a lot of the players, it is aspirational. It's seeing how hard Mm -hmm. he worked and seeing, like, whether it's realistic or not, thinking what he accomplished is attainable through hard work probably motivated more players in this league than anything any other player did in the last 25 years. Like since Jordan, he's probably the most popular player among pro players. And that well, might even, that, I mean, that might even stem to other sports too. Now that we can look back and reflect on it, he picked up the torch from Jordan. He was the one he picked it up. And I mean, LeBron is a part of this too. And Steph is a part of this too, but Kobe was the first one to pick it up. And like we mentioned in the 08 Olympics show, the rest of the squad, like, hey, we don't F around here. Like, we got to win. And I, you're right. Like, that hung around in the air. And he, that his legacy is obviously on the court, but it's it's probably bigger off in a motivational sense than any other athlete yep. of the last 20 years. Yep. I, I'll, yeah, I know we're, we're bouncing. I'll remember... I mean, it was it was him and Tiger and MJ to me as like you know three of my favorites in the '90s as a kid, and it's just like this is such a god punch, man. I, I I know I compared this to like losing Princess Diana, or you know that it's it's just like just such a shock to the whole world. Um, god, yeah, Tiger's man. a good one though. Okay, like that Tiger's a good one where where you can just the guy the guy that's just the same type of motivation like you you also see him tiger in the last year who wins a masters again you kind of see him on that comeback trail it's kind of like kobe with the achilles where it's like he just goes through all of that and and dominates and then wins and he's a champion again that type of stuff it's like straight out of a movie oh uh, yeah no this felt better to grieve i hope everyone listening yep. to is like um enjoyed kind of this conversation i know it felt good to kind of recap how big of an impact he had yeah, definitely. So um, going forward, we're going to get KJ back on here midweek. We were going to actually do a Super Bowl preview um, on this pod, but, you know, obviously it didn't feel right. We'll get that on the premium feed sometime midweek. Anything else, fellas? No, no. Good, good chat. Andy, what do you say? Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, guys. 